Hey you guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I'm so delighted you're here with me today and I'm very excited about today's topic because today we have with us Miss Lindsay Eastburn. She is the creator of Hypnofertility and she's the author of the new book, Waiting in the Wings, Introducing the Pink Starlights. And if you're like me, I have not heard of the Pink Starlights, so I'm very interested in learning all about them. and what is this about? So I hope that you'll stick around with us because we have a great show. But before we get started, we do have a word from our sponsor for today. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.io, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.eo podcast or check for the StartupRad.eo internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.eo skill as well. Alright guys, welcome back and I want to welcome you to the show today. Lindsay, thank you for being here with us. Hey Melissa, thank you so much for having me today. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here because um, I have heard about indigo children and we've heard about crystal children and rainbow children, but now we have a new group coming in, the Pink Starlights, which I have not heard about, so I'm very interested to learn more about this. Um, but before you begin telling us about this new group of children coming in, would you um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you first discover the Pink Starlights? Yeah, sure. Um, that's kind of interesting. I've been actually working with um, hypnosis to help women to get pregnant, which I sort of fell into, or the universe dropped me into, um, probably 20, you know, over 20 years ago it was. And, um, I've always been spiritual and I've always been connected and I've always kind of had a thing about women being able to have babies and really wishing if they really wish that they could, I've really always, since I was a little kid wanted this to be. And, so what happened is as I was doing my hypnotherapy practice, which was a general practice, as women started to come in um, asking for help and having been told in a lot of cases they had a 0% chance of ever conceiving. And also at that time being told that they weren't candidates for you know IVF or medical treatment, which has come a long, long way since then, but that was a big thing that happened a lot. And they would come in and say, well, I know, I just know that I have a baby. I know there's a baby there. And, and, you know, I would just go from, yeah, I believe you. And we would sense in and I would work with them and they would have, they would get pregnant. And I had all of these little babies showing up and nobody was doing anything with hypnosis for fertility, like on any kind of large scale. There was no information out there. I looked it up, you know, I was trying to find out what's happening and it was well-known for childbirth and well-known for a lot of other things. And I thought, this is amazing. This makes perfect sense. Hypnosis would be effective. And then I also have a background in other healing arts and energy work. So that kind of is, is part of what I do. And I decided this really needs some attention. And so I started working with it. Clients were pouring in, I uh, called it hypnofertility. That made sense. And, um, and then the next thing I knew, I was started teaching this all over the world in 2003. And so 
that was going on. And then these babies, which I could sense and, and sort of be tuned in with, just it became stronger and stronger and became more of the focus. So at first it was more like hypnosis as the art and science that it is and bringing the babies through. And I wrote a book on that in 2005, it was released in 2006. And then it progressed to a different book in 2013, which was much more of the spiritual aspect and the, the spirit babies. And then as that moved through around 2016 or so, these babies that I've been working with, um, I started to become aware of this new sort of generation, if you want to call them that. And I was just, they were just spirit babies for the longest time. And then they decided they had a name and it was the pink starlights and um, they wanted me to get them out there. So I ended up writing a book and that's why it's called uh, waiting in the wings introducing the pink starlights because they are coming through they have been but they're coming through now on a much um, grander scale so that's kind of how I got into all of this and now I just I say the babies boss me around I do what they tell me and um, and we go from there that's so interesting so let's for those out there listening who don't maybe they're just kind of newly tapping into spirituality and not haven't read all of the things that are out there they may have heard the term rainbow children before they may have heard the term crystal and indigo let's kind of if we can explain what those terms are and then we'll move into now what is the what are the pink starlights i know we come in with a specific mission and purpose so we can talk about what that is too right yeah absolutely and you just hear so much more about spirit babies now, nowadays. And, you know, once upon a time, people would have a reading, you know, a psychic reading of some sort. And then the psychic would say, well, you have a boy and a girl or you have a, you know, you'll have three or that kind of thing. And now we have a lot of folks that um, really focus on reading, you know, for spirit babies. Years ago, there was a book called uh, Spirit Babies uh, by an author, uh, Walter McKitchen. Now he's passed away. Um, but I used to get, when I would be working with him, I would get uh, people, or I was working with my clients, and they had had readings with him, and so some of that, you know, would, um, would come together as well. So the indigos, they've kind of come in, they're basically, you know, the ones that, you know, they're strong, they're um, a bit uh, rebellious, they're here to break down the old structures, you know, we see this patriarchy that's really crashing right now, and they have really set the stage for that. And, you know, it's nothing uh, when I say that patriarchy that's crashing. I know a lot of us talk in those terms, and just to clarify, it's nothing against male energy or men, but it's that, it's that establishment, it's that power mongering kind of, kind of thing. And they, they came in to start crashing um, these old oppressive structures and talk about that in the book, um, like organized religion, which has, you know, come become corrupt in so many ways. It's, it's been, you know, um, power, it's been control the masses. And let's decide that nobody can talk to, you know, whatever deity, let's, let's control that. And Unfortunately, it, it comes down to that the idea of the spirituality aspect is amazing. And then a lot of this structure that has come into it in over control and, and power. So the indigos came through 
or have been coming through. I think some of them still show up every so often. Um, I discovered that I was one, which I thought was interesting. And then um, it makes perfect sense. And, and I, I say this, but it's true. At one time when everyone was talking about indigos, um, I felt like they were using that to excuse not um, parenting their children. Because at one point you saw a lot of children running the show and parents just, you know, letting the kids do whatever, which isn't good for kids, yeah. right? They need to have some structure. And then I would hear, well, he's an indigo. Well, she's an indigo. So um, this is why I can't control him. This is why she is, you know, screaming her head off um, in the middle of a restaurant when, you know, there's nothing wrong kind of thing, right? I just heard it so much and I was very resistant to it. And then eventually when I did, um, as one of my clients started glowing in uh, indigo energy at one point in my office. And this is where the spirit baby started to come through the pink starlights. Yeah. And I looked it up and I was like, wow, okay, this is a whole different thing. Cause I wanted to see what is, what is indigo in your aura? Yeah. And it just was, it was just like on this side of her that I was looking at, I'm seeing this indigo. And then I, then I read more about this. I'm like, oh, okay. There's a whole spiritual aspect to this indigo um, children you know, um, to all of that. And so then it was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. They, they are strong willed, certainly. Um, and we are, and we definitely don't have a problem with challenging authority. Um, but we, you know, we also don't have to be right off um, the rails as well, right? So I was very happy to learn that. <laughs> and, um, so indigos often come into troubled childhood or come into sort of rough situations because they have to be strong and they have to be able to challenge some of this stuff. So then we have our crystals that started coming in. And, you know, I don't know in, in this so-called, you know, real world, I don't know exactly when the indigos came in and the crystals, it's kind of like the indigos mainly maybe came in in the sixties, although there were some that came ahead. Yeah. And you can see that with, with the, um, you know, make love not war movement that started right. around that time, right? And then the the um, crystals in more into the '90s or so, and uh, more you know, softer energy. Um, they all have um, psychic or intuitive ability, however you want to describe that. Um, the crystals more so in the healing capacity of you know feeling being empaths tuned into. Um, animals and you know children and more of a softness and the indigos laid that framework for them like you know it, it's like we can't be where we are now if it weren't for them coming in and starting to to change things the rainbows I don't know a lot about and it's kind of interesting with them um it's my understanding that they're the children of the crystals and so and and I guess it's aura related as far as how they're Name the indigos with the indigo aura and then the crystals um, with the crystal clear I believe it is and so they can reflect all the colors and then the rainbows have all the colors you do also hear the term rainbow baby um, in the fertility world for someone who's had a baby after a loss mm -hmm. and so it's not the same thing and so there's lots of sort of um, variations on some of the words that we hear these days yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and thank you for giving us that little recap because I know people probably hear that 
those terms running around like indigo and crystal and I just wanted to do a quick recap on what those were before we then move into the next generation that's coming okay. in. So now we have the pink starlights coming in, and this is a, a new group of souls coming in. So tell us now what you know about this new group of, of souls that are coming into the world. Yeah, so the pink starlights, they chose their name, um, starlight being, you know, brilliance and, you know, really um, bright light, and then pink being the color of unconditional love. And they radiate this unconditional love. And I mean, all babies are definitely love. And, um, you know, the, the various um, generations or the various cohorts of babies, of course. But the pink starlights have a slightly different mis mission in that they're, they are coming here to help with all that's going on with Earth right now. And to bring in the energy to help with this patriarchal shift that we have going on and bringing through divine feminine on the level that we need her. And so they align with, you know, the heart in that um, unconditional love in that. Um, and they're not, you know, I mean, they're, they're um, tough little cookies in that they have a job to do. And so I say they boss me around. They definitely have an idea of what they want and what they need. And, um, you know, and they'll get that information through, but differently than the indigos do. And um, so basically they're bringing in, as they come in, they're bringing in a higher frequency. They're helping to raise that, that uh, vibration to help us with the transformation that we have going on. And they're here to be the new people. And of course, we're all going to be the new people. Every baby who comes in will be the people. But the interesting thing with them is I see a lot of boys and it's not a gender thing. And, and I talk about all of this stuff through the book. It's just the topics that they made me address were just hilarious religion and politics and the whole thing. But it is where we're all, we are all masculine and feminine energies within. And, and the world works in that, you know, duality. You, you see it in languages, right? You see it in like French, you see the, the uh, masculine, the feminine um, words and so forth. And we have that, we have yin and yang, but yin is not good all on its own, nor is yang, right? There are little bits of each other blended. And so there needs to be a balance and we've lost that. So where divine feminine used to be so connected and associated with, you know, fertility, and that's, that's not just of, of babies, but also of the land, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we're needing to bring that through, but in a balance. So we don't want to go from like this patriarchy to this absolute matriarchy. We want to have a balance. And so I feel like divine feminine actually kind of encompasses that. And we can hold like um, divine feminine and sacred masculine together in that space. This is creating space for that. And so, um, these babies, they want to bring through a more balanced masculine feminine energy. But what we have going on right now is a lot of out of balance masculine. And we see it in a lot of volatility and brutality that's going on right now. And that is by some men. Um, there certainly are some women that are that are expressing this energy as well. But it's, it's this you know, it's this whole shift that needs to happen. And you can kind of feel that energy just clinging on right now, just trying so hard to keep that space. And so the pink starlights are 
basically gently coming through and in doing that, raising the vibrations, but then also preparing to be the people. And so over the generations, the same people kind of keep re replacing the same people, you know, politically speaking and, and, you know, just as far as wars go and, and, you know, violence and that kind of thing that's been happening. And so now these babies that are coming in, um, they're really focused on being the new people. And so whoever ends up in power is concerned about the environment, is concerned about everyone having enough. There's no reason on this world at this time that people can't have enough, that people can't have healthcare, that they can't have food. And I'm not talking just the US because we tend to think in terms of the US as being the world. It's yeah. not, um, you know, the whole world. There's no reason people should be, um, you know, suffering to the level that they are. And, and so much of it comes down to greed. And I talk about that in the book, calling it the God of greed that has really taken over. So that's all these babies contribute, right? They contribute through their purposes and their energies. And, um, and not everybody's going to be a pink starlight or, a, or a, an indigo. One of the things about the pink starlights is most of my clients, and this is pretty much what I work with now. In fact, I say the babies are my clients and they bring their moms to me. But a lot of the women who are bringing these babies in have gone through a really long fertility struggle or it's been really difficult and, um, and they're frustrated and they're basically, psychologists would call it in crisis by the time I meet them because they're so frustrated and they may have thrown $150,000 at trying to get pregnant with um, you know, medical care and all of that kind of thing. And nothing works. And a lot of times there's an unexplained infertility diagnosis, which from a hypnotic standpoint is going to point to subconscious blocks, emotional blocks. And so part of what I'm, the message the babies want to me to get out there is that if we're struggling like this, it's because you're you're adjusting. And so it is like an awakening and it is like a, a shifting, like we, cause we awaken on different levels spiritually, right? And so it's not to say people weren't spiritual to start with, but it's more of, if you'd have had your baby easily, you wouldn't have ended up like listening to your podcast, right? Yeah. Um, awakening, right? Your inner awesomeness. You There's that awakening piece that's there and just taking that to, the next level and aligning energy, you know, aligning vibrationally with these babies, because yes, they do need a body. Um, they do need, you know, to be in this physical world, but there's also an alignment energetically that has to occur. So does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I was just going to say, I know there's probably um, a lot of women out there listening who maybe are struggling right now with infertility or have had doctors tell them that, you know, it's not possible for them to carry a child. What advice, I mean, with working with women and all of that and everything that you've done, which I think is just amazing that you do the work you do, what advice do you give to those women maybe who are sitting out there and listening to you? I know you're saying you have to be in alignment, but what does that mean really in terms of them listening and what can I do? Right. Well, so much of that is, is being able to tune into their intuition and intuition gets really clouded when you're struggling, you know, with whatever that is. I will say that, you know, fear masquerades as intuition, um, you know, and fear when we get 
frustrated or we feel a time crunch because, you know, with fertility, there's that biological clock, as people call it. There is a time crunch going on. A lot of my clients are in their 40s um, as as they're struggling with this. It is so much of it, too, is to stop listening to other people and Dr. Google, right? Because you can find verification for anything you want on the internet and uh, we can get in our own way with you know, trying to diagnose things. The intuition can tell you exactly what you need and the direction that is right for you, but you can't hear it when you're in a panic. And in that, so that medical realm, and I'm totally not against uh, Western medicine at all, I think it's amazing but it is also more of an aggressive approach. It is more in that leaning toward that masculine, um, which when masculine energy gets unbalanced can be very forceful. And, and a lot of times women will go in to see a doctor to, to find out about getting pregnant and end up with a diagnosis that jumps from they're expecting, sure, go home and, and try and conceive and instead get, you need donor eggs and sooner the better. It needs to be yesterday kind of thing. And they're not expecting that. And so that can cause emotional, um, you know, blocks right there mm-hmm. and um, fear, right? Fear takes off and, and uh, everything kind of changes at that moment. So being able to get centered, you know, more so I talk about within hypnofertility, I, I sort of renamed it. Well, I have renamed it. It's the three keys to conception that I talk about. And I got these in meditation about 30 years ago um, before I brought my second son in. So I wasn't supposed to have this second child until he showed up as a spirit baby and said, I'm coming and here's my name and here's what needs to happen. And uh, doing the meditation, I received the three keys, meditate, listen, and trust. And meditate doesn't necessarily mean literally meditating. It doesn't have to be seated meditation. It doesn't have to be um, quiet your mind completely. It is, it is self-care, right? It is a self-awareness. It is taking a walk in nature, uh, soaking in a bubble bath, taking some time for quiet, shutting down the noise, you know, turn off the screen. Um, it can be meditation, um, hypnosis, different uh you know, energy work, but, but getting into the silence some, somehow, right. And then that helps clear the space for intuition. So then it's listen and it's not listen. We tend to listen, thinking about what we're going to say. And we tend to project what we want to hear onto what we're listening. Right. And so, and I had some, you know, this, this poor client who had taken some kind of training in, in communicating with um, spirit babies, but using a pendulum to do so. Well, you can manipulate a pendulum. I mean, there's a scientific aspect to a pendulum. We have teeny tiny little muscles in the, in the tips of our fingers and they are connected you know, to the subconscious mind, to the brain. Um, and so we can actually affect how that works if we want something you know, badly enough. So that's why we're not supposed to read for ourselves, right? Other people do it. And so you can think that you're listening, but you're not because there's something that's not quite right happening. And when you can really truly listen, you can hear the information. And it's not to say there's anything wrong with the pendulum or any other way. It's just to be able to be listening from a, a place 
that you can truly hear because sometimes it is change clinic. Sometimes it is um, do natural. Sometimes it is you do need to look into some medical help, you know, because sometimes we have attachments, right? Yeah. And we can't listen. So going into that quiet, that silence in whatever way fits for you, setting intentions, you know, to listen, to truly hear, to, to differentiate between what is fear and what is intuition. And then the trust piece, trust it, trust your intuition, trust yourself, trust that knowing. And part of the way we get derailed from that is all of these groups. And so at this point, I, I've said this, and it's like people are in, they have a baby, they're in a group. The baby has a wet diaper. They go into some group to ask how to change the diaper. They get 12 different opinions right. and the baby sits in a wet diaper. Yeah. Um, we, are we are putting a need out there to, you know, outside help. And we've done this, we do this. It's not just infertility, but looking for the guru or looking for something that is going to solve or fix, whereas the, that work comes from within. And that's where the pink starlights are coming from. And in terms of not everyone has the arduous journey. Um, some people feel that calling. They just know that this is part of what they need to do. But that's what's going on if you're in a place of, of that kind of struggle that you asked me about. Yeah. Well, I love that advice. Um, and I think everyone needs to take that advice and going within and listening to yourself because you're right we don't trust our own intuition and we go to everyone else for the answers and what should we do and uh i get that often when clients come to me for a reading and they'll say what should i do and i'll tell them you know well you you're getting signs you need to listen to it they're trying to give you the signs and then we pull the card and it says you know what to do and we just laugh because I'll say, well, there's your verification. Like I, like I said, Spirit already said, you know, we're giving you the guidance, so listen to it. So I think it's important for everyone to continue to go within and, and listen to your own intuition that you get. Right. No, absolutely. And I find like, with, I like to get readings, but um, I, I always find them to be confirmation. And so it's great to hear that, you know, outside information and it's, it's so often it, it is confirmation or it might give you something to think about differently, but certainly no one else can solve your issues. Like we do have to do those ourselves and, you know, people, the services that you provide, the services that I provide, mine is more of, I know how to get them here and to help with that alignment and um, that's what I want to get out there too on that on that larger scale is, you know, um, we can totally do this and we can do this ourselves and this is empowerment. And there are lots of like, um, lots of folks that can help lots of people with amazing books like I'm so I'm so interested to read your book. Um, and and so many things and we have to go with what resonates with this too. So a lot of times we force ourselves. Well, I have to believe this. I have to think this. I have to because it's the way it goes. It isn't so much that. It's what resonates with you. And you do know. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You do know if you can tune in and listen and then trust that. Yeah, and I do absolutely believe that's true. Well, I want to hear more about your book. So you wrote this book, Waiting in the Wings, Introducing the Pink Starlight. So you told us a little bit, but what is the book? Like, how, how did you 
begin this writing process and and what do you think is probably the most important information that you're trying to get out there from them? Well, like I said, well, basically what happened is, is the way I, I connect with or receive energy is um, like claircognition or claircognitive. It dumps into my head. And the whole book basically dumped into my head with chapters and so forth. And, and it was like, oh, okay, all I have to do is put this together. Ha ha. All I have to do. Um, yeah, not so much, right? Um, they made me, like I say, talk about religion and politics and parenting and, you know, all sorts of things that are important and necessary. Um, so that's kind of how that came together, but mainly in they want people to be aware of them and this next next level. We've seen a lot of these, you know, tiger parents and snow, what is it, snowplow parents and helicopter parenting, all of this type of thing going on. And it's like, no, this has to stop. Um, we have to be able, the parents have to be and the adults have to be able to support these kids rather than you're a boy, you're a girl, you do this, you do that, you go to school, you take this. Um, parents are very much invested in like arts or not arts, sorry, uh, math and sciences to the exclusion of arts, which is totally out of balance again. In talking about politics, it's not even, it's not a side thing. It is a look what's going on in the world. Look at the violence, the volatility, the power mongering everywhere. It's kind of like that. Um, and then, you know, the microcosm reflects the macrocosm. The same with the religion. It's not anti-religion. It is, it's this judgment that goes on in religion, you know, and this one's right and this one's wrong and this one's right and this one's wrong. And, you know, it, it just, it's that kind of thing that they wanted to talk about and they wanted me to get it through to people. And the best way to do that really is in a book or is one of the best ways to do that. Um, I did put in the book some um, journeys to meet your or connect with your pink starlight. I talked about some of the inner child, um, but differently than you probably hear inner child work because a lot of people do inner child work in psychology with therapy and different ways. Um, more in alignment energetically and with energies, you know, pulling in angels and pulling in dragons and dragons are not a bad thing. Um, and the gifts that are within and tapping in. And of course the inner child is there, always there. And if we ignore the inner child, suppress the inner child, forget about the inner child, bury the inner child, the inner child is gonna come out and basically is gonna drive our lives and cause some issues for us if we're not paying attention. Also babies, they resonate with childlike energy. There's, there's an, a like attracts like type of thing. And so to be able to play a little bit, to be able to have that energy, we need more balance. My clients tend to be very driven and very much able to achieve, to cr create what they want, to get it, you know? Um, but there needs to be both a balance, you know, of intention and putting it out there and making, doing the work, but also a receptivity to be open and receptive to what's coming your, your way. And so, you know, once again, having that balance, but that's what some of the journeys, so people can um, record them for themselves connect in, you know, with the inner child or reinforce some of that. Um, 
the babies initially connected me with their, their pink starlight name by taking me to a pink star. And so I was working with a client and, and doing some hypnosis and we ended up on a journey to a pink star, which is emanating unconditional love and connecting there. And this is an energy that the pink starlights really love. And so connecting with that energy will help with alignment. So I do work with clients one-on-one um, -on -one for sure, but you can only work with so many clients as you know. Right, right. And so there's, there's um, the book to really help get that out there and support people, you know, depending where each of them are in their journeys. Now in your book, do you give tips at all for people who may be struggling a little bit with um, maybe infertility or maybe what I'm trying to say is like the impatience part of yeah. Out. Yeah, absolutely. And so much of that is understanding, you know, type A personality. I know some people don't like to be called that, but it's not a bad thing. Nothing is it's extremes that are the problem when we're too far out of balance. And, you know, with type A, it's when steam's coming out of your ears or the, the vein is throbbing in the temple, um, then we're way out of balance. But it's frustrating for um, people who, and they're, my clients are self-proclaimed. I mean, they're like, I'm a type A, I'm a control freak, I'm an overachiever, all of those variations. Um, but to, to, um, to be that, it, it is this, this ability to, to make things happen. So if, if that makes sense, rather than, I mean, they can create, but it's more of a, they do create, but more of a making things. Like I want to go to this school and I'm going to get there. You know, one of my clients, she, she is a full-time teacher and she's like, I got a master's degree with a 4.0 while I was teaching full-time and teaching is a lot of work. Yeah. Holy smokes, right? Yeah. All that goes into that. And this is, this is the type of thing that goes on with that. So understanding that, yes, I can do whatever I put my mind to. Like I am definitely of that, of that personality and I can do, you know, 20 things for as much as anyone can do one. You know, so much, but then we tend to take that on, then we challenge ourselves or push ourselves more, and then we we get blocked, we can't see, we, you know what I mean? It's like, well, I want a baby, A plus B equals C, and there's my baby, and that's not the way it works. It'd be nice if it did, and it should. One sperm, one egg, implant in the uterus, right? Yeah. Away we go. It should be simple, but... It's not, and that's because there's a spiritual component, there's an emotional component, and we've really separated ourselves out in this world. And now we, we are a mind, we are a body, we are a spirit, but we're not, we're not incorporating or encompassing that, you know, as, as um, a whole. Yeah. Yeah, like with everything, you have to be grounded and in alignment with what it is that you're seeking. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And so that's like tip wise, that's what I would, I would kind of say is that having that realization and then a reminder to that, you know, balance of, I call it intention and surrender. So basically it is intending for what I want, doing the things like I want to go to Harvard. So I'm going to do this, that, and the other to get there. And it's, so it's being able to do those things, but also being able to balance that in a receptivity you know some really amazing synchronicities can occur to help us to create what we want but a lot of times we end up forcing and not paying attention yeah. to the signs or the synchronicities right and so having that awareness goes so far 
it does. It's totally about the not controlling and allowing. And I think yeah. that's so difficult for us as humans because we're, we've always, I think, been conditioned that we have to have control, especially people who, as maybe children, didn't have control in their lives. Then as right. adults, it's like, I always, I have to be in control. I have to control my fate. And a lot of times when we do that, we just make things more difficult for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. We become very, um, you know, tunnel vision and we don't have that um, openness, that receptivity. You know, I talked about this is this is very indigo when I was born a vegetarian and, you know, in the 60s and in Canada and in a place that was it was not Boulder, Colorado. You know, it was not a place that was going to be open to anything but kind of like your meat and potatoes type of whatever, all of that kind of thing. So I really struggled with that, but that's okay. Cause that had to, had to help me become who I am and to be able to understand that. But these babies coming in, if they, if they need to be a vegetarian, if they need to have a certain um, way of eating, or if they need to practice yoga or they need to learn meditation or that there's things that they're already in tune with um, so sensitive, these little ones. And so we need to, when we're forcing, we're not open to that kind of thing, you know, but the, my indigo part, which was, is kind of funny because my life would have been so much easier. You know how kids are in school and they pick on you if you're any way, way different. And I would not eat, you know, hot dogs and I would not do, do the stuff that you just had to do to be, you know, in some little cool gang of eight-year-olds or what I mean, but I could have just done that and it would have been easier, but that's not what indigos needed to do. We needed to be able to break this down. So some kid that comes in and is very sensitive or is um, needs to, needs to explore Buddhism, let's say, or whatever it is that we don't judge it and we don't dismiss it and, and we support it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I would love that, honestly, if more parents could support instead of, you know, trying to, I don't I want to say corral, but, you know, mold their child, like, you have to be a certain way, you have to do this, you have right. to do that. We need to be doing less of that. Um, and I think more, being more understanding and allowing kids to discover things, too, sometimes, like, you really... Right. You have to be, I think, more supportive of those things because we, we're just so used to being in a society where it's my way or the highway, right? That's what I always yeah. heard. <laughs> yeah. And I think we need a little bit less of that. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. No, definitely. And and it is a balance again, like I just can't say enough about balance. Right. Because these kids, you know, all kids are so smart these days. It's amazing. And you have these children coming through, but just because they're smart doesn't mean that they can manage their little lives without any direction. Right. And so I talked about that in the book too. It's not punishment. You know, you see these memes on Facebook. I'm not on there very much, but they drive me nuts. My parents beat me and I turned out okay. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. So we don't want to be beating children. Um, discipline does not mean punishment but more like structure. So a bedtime is really a good thing. Reading stories before bed, having somewhat of a routine, you know, that, that stuff is, is absolutely great. So letting kids like we, we tend to swing, right? The pendulum goes all the way one way or the other. 
And so we will um, a lot of times compensate or overcompensate for the things that we experienced. But, and these children do have a lot of awareness of, you know, spirituality and, and um, or th where they were before they got here. And then they get stuck in these little bodies that don't work right, but, you know, by their standpoint, because they were flying around and knew all these things. And now they have these little tiny hands and they can't walk yet and they can't talk and things like that. But they do, so there is frustration, but they also are children in this world at this time. And so to grow, they do have, have their own lessons and experiences and we can help them best if they have structure. And there's nothing wrong with having respect either. Like this whole lack of respect for anybody at this point doesn't help anything either. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's probably, I think it's difficult right now in these times to be a parent and to know what's the right thing to do because right. you know the way we the way many of us were brought up gets so criticized and oh you can't do things and we know of course like oh yeah like there are things I, that my parents did I wouldn't do today but you don't get a course or a class on no no handbook <laughs> fifty thousand other classes but one on parenting would be a great thing <laughs> well one that one that was actually accurate and came sort of from some divine influence because there's lots of classes and books and they can just kind of drive you crazy with the conflicting information yeah. and one of the things where we've um, kind of gone the other direction too is in a lot of ways it is more of an emotional support for the mother or the parents than for the child but it's it's projected as the child needs you know, sort of to be carried constantly for the first five years or, you know, and children do need, need some space, you know, this, this, um, having kids in the bed until, I mean, in some cases I've seen like 11 year olds and 14 year olds still in, you know, the parent's bed, that's not healthy. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's, it's, um, there's anything like, um, uh, how can I say it? Like, um, wrong about it in the way that you know what I mean but it's also not I mean we need to have some autonomy and kids do need to you know have some space and so a lot of that is more of a parent's desire or need rather than what the child needs and I see sometimes women who because they struggle so long to have babies they end up overcompensating and then they don't sleep for three years because they've constantly got the baby with them. And, and again, it's not a bad thing. It's got to be balanced because if you don't sleep for three years, yeah, that's you've got like health problems and you've got marriage problems and just all sorts of things, you know? So there's just so much more to it. And the pink starlights, for whatever reason, want me to address all of that. Yeah. Well, I love that. And if anyone is out there listening and wants to learn more about the pink starlights, maybe they want to purchase your book or maybe they'd like to work with you or follow you. What's the best way for them to do that? They can, um, I do have the website, hypnofertility.com and, um, Instagram, Lindsay Eastburn and Facebook is hypnofertility. Love it. And I'll have all those links in the show notes too. So people can go right there and uh, they don't have to look too hard to find you. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Lindsay, and for imparting all of your wisdom, because I did not know anything about the pink starlights before you came on. And I'm sure 
probably no one in my audience did either. So I'm really happy that you were able to take some time and share your knowledge and wisdom with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And they thank you because, yeah, this is this is their thing to get out there and really help with this, my gosh, transformation. And I would like to say, though, it's like people are, are pretty down about things that are going on and what has been really hard on people the last few years. But it's it's OK. You know, it's OK. There's some real amazing magic in the world. There's beauty. And and, you know, we are we are moving forward and we are raising in you know vibrationally even if sometimes it doesn't feel like that i love that and thank you for everything that you're doing because i know that you're helping so many women out there and i really appreciate all that you do thank you melissa and i appreciate your your podcast and you having me on and, and i know you're helping so many people as well and it's just such a a cool divine feminine expression right yeah Thank you. Bye. I thank all of you too for being here with us today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And as always, the greatest compliment you can pay is to share the podcast with others. I hope you guys have a beautiful day today from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.